This amazing experience is a place where you too can connect, discover, grow, and leave for God here at Common Bond Church.
begin to uh, think about this message today, uh, what I very first wanted to do, I, was, I wanted you to hear a question. I wanted you to think about if you've ever wondered what a prayer to the Father from Christ Jesus would actually sound like. You know, because to me, if you actually think about what our own prayer life should actually look like, we can actually think about it from the lens of Christ Jesus. If we can actually get into his shoes and actually understand what prayer could actually look like, you know, maybe our own lives will actually benefit from it. You know, oftentimes we pray in our own life and, you know, sometimes we have success and sometimes we have impact in our prayers. You know, if you're like me, sometimes prayer is just a religious exercise. Prayer is just something that becomes a duty. Well, I wanted to share with us today as we open up these words of scripture, we're going to see some exciting uh, words from Christ Jesus of how to pray. You know, we're going to hear his passion of how to pray and how it actually impacts not only his life, but also ours. And so as you begin to think about that today, what I, I first want to do is actually go back to the words of scripture that we just read. And I want to start with verse 10. Uh, when he begins to say to us and begins to say to you, all are mine and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. He begins to talk about us in relationship to the father uh, in a way that helps us to see, to know and to understand that we truly belong to Christ Jesus. And I wanted to start with that verse because as we think about that, we belong to Christ Jesus. He comes to prayer to the father so that we can actually be prayed for. He is interceding on our behalf in a way that is so important and so relevant to our life. The second thing that I wanted to, to share with us is that Jesus Christ is praying in a sense because he is leaving his disciples, understanding that they're going to be in great need. We see that in verse 10 and we see that also in verse 11 where he begins to say, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. He says, Again, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given to me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, 
I kept them in your name, which you have given to me, and I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Uh, As we think about those words that you hear from Christ Jesus today, the very first thing that I start to see in those scriptures is a word called passion. You know, we start to see Christ Jesus so passionate about us and passionate as his prayers to the father that they just really, to me, just jump off the page. You know, he begins to, with all of his heart, with all of his might, begin to express how much he loves us and cares for us and how much he desires us to actually be thought of by the father. So he's praying passionately. I want to go down to uh, another scripture uh, where he begins to say to us in verse 14, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. You know, just a beautiful passion that Christ Jesus is seeking to help us to know how we can be kept in God. He's saying uh, to the father is that I have shared with them the word of God and I've also been able to have my joy filled in them, but the world has actually hated them. The world has actually hated those who actually come to the father. So God needs us uh, to have someone else prayed for because we can't actually overcome the world by ourselves. And, and, and as I think about our needs today, again, I wanted to mention to us that You know, we are hearing the prayers of Jesus Christ in these scriptures. And as I hear the prayers of of Jesus Christ as well, I wanted us to think about our own prayer life, our own time with God. And what I see modeled from Christ Jesus is this passion that I think God actually wants us to desire in him as well. A passion that Christ Jesus earnestly believes that if he gives his life in prayer to the father, that something will change in his life. You know, as I think about fervency in our own world uh, today, uh, what I think about is is that we don't really use that word fervency, you know, frequently. And so I want to define it for us because it actually means an intense passion, you know, so intense uh, that if you actually read the scriptures, it's primarily the, the mode of operandus to prayer. You know, you see it actually in James chapter five, for example, where uh, there was a man that is actually talked about where he actually prayed. Uh, for three years that it would not rain and it did not rain. And then he actually prayed again that it would rain and it would pray and it would rain. And the word actually says that he prayed fervently. You know, he prayed with all his desire, all his might in, in his body so that these things would actually come to pass. I want to read one more scripture to you that Jesus Christ actually even said. And it's actually found in um, Matthew chapter 22, I believe, verse 44. And let me turn with my Bible here so I can get that with you there. I believe it's Matthew chapter 22, verse 44. Amen. Uh, Matthew 22, verse 44 says these words really quickly. It says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. It's the words of Jesus Christ beginning to, to share with us, you know, what the scriptures actually said back into the Psalms, because he wanted us to understand that what he was doing on this earth was exactly what the father was actually leading him to do. And as he understood what the father was leading him to do. He was praying 
with an urgency. He lived life with a passion and an urgency to all that he was doing. And so I wanted us to think about it this way. You know, pretty soon the Olympics are coming up. And as we've seen some of the Olympic trials already here in America, you know, one of the things that I've actually thought about with all those who were training and all those who were actually preparing for these great events is the amount of focus, the amount of intensity that, that, actually, that it actually takes to become successful as an Olympic athlete. You know, you think about uh, all that who are running, for example, in the 100 meters or 200 meters. And when they are actually getting up to the blocks, you know, you see such a, an intense passion about them that they're ready to actually get going on what they've done. They spent years, you know, on their life actually preparing for this moment that is only going to be at most uh, 20 seconds for 200 meters or even 10 seconds for the 100 meters. You know, for all this time to be spent in this energy, they've actually had to put all of their focus and their intensity on what they're doing. And uh, as you think about, you know, what happens, you know, during this time, you know, during the Olympics, you know, think also about, you know, other sports and other athletes that are actually focusing on their intensity. And what I'm just trying to get with us to understand is that when we actually think about our prayer life with God today, I want us to consider the intensity that we actually bring ourselves to God. I want us to think about the passion that we are actually praying with just as the passion that Christ Jesus is giving to us. Because I think that one of the things uh, that is missing in our life from actually receiving the promises that God has for us is this word called passion. And so I'm reading John chapter 17 for us actually to see something that God actually wants us to see about Christ Jesus. I want us to see a, a, a man who was given to us by the Father who actually laid down his life for us, but actually gave up everything that he was uh, for our good, for our benefit. And when you actually see his words painted on the words of the scriptures today, when you see his passion toward us, you see all the things that he was actually doing so that the father's fulfillment could actually have joy in our life. Um, I want us to read one more words of scripture as well. I want us to go down to verse uh, 17, where it begins to say to uh, his disciples, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. You sent me into the world so that I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be consecrated in the truth. Um, what I'm seeing in Christ Jesus in these words of scripture, you know, it's just really, really plain to me that I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit can help me convey to you. It's just this desire for him to give up everything that he had in his life so that you and I can live the life that God desired for us to live. And uh, there is a scripture that uh, I know that's in the, the Bible where it talks about God even praying in a sense through Christ Jesus where he was sweating drops of blood. You know, he prayed so intensely, so fervently in his life where it almost seems as if he was giving everything that he had uh, before God. And when I think about my life and I think about your life, I, I know that we don't pray with that same kind of intensity. I, I know that we are not so passionate uh, giving all of ourselves to God in a way that actually leads us uh, to be exhausted in prayer. And I only mention us to be exhausted in prayer because the only time that things actually happen in our life is whenever we decide to go all in, whenever we decide to be so passionate about it, that we're willing to, to give up everything that we have so that whatever we are trying to get accomplished 
becomes real in our life. That's why I think about those Olympic athletes, because they have given up and sacrificed so much of their life today, right now, so that in a month from now, they can actually accomplish their hopes and their dreams, you know, in their life. You know, the Bible is the same way where we begin to think about what God has for us. He has a calling. He has a purpose in our life, but God actually desires us to actually walk with a certain kind of measurement of passion that I, I think that God wants us to hear and to understand today. It's a word called fervency. It's also a word that we actually prayed about earlier today where the apostle Paul begins to say to us that he is, I'll have one thing that's focused on his mind. You know, one thing that he is focused on is to press forward to the high prize in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians chapter 13. Chapter three, verses 13 through 14, where he begins to say to us, that's the only thing that I am passionate about in this world is the high calling and the prize of Christ Jesus. So I asked us a question all the way at the beginning of this message is what are you most passionate about? You know, what are the things that you are focused on in your life? You know, God has called us to belong to him. He has called us to actually give him a kind of glory that only he deserves. But oftentimes the passions in our life, you know, don't resolve around God himself. They revolve around our own, what I would describe as selfish needs. They revolve around the things that we actually describe as important to our own self, but not the things that God actually desires us to make important. And so I want to remind us of the great commandment. I want to remind us of the things that Christ actually wants us to do, where he begins to say to us that uh, the only thing that really matters in your life today is to love God with all your might, all your soul, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, that that is what, you know, he describes should be our passions of our life. And it begins to show up in our life, you know, in our relationship with God. It begins to show up in our life, in our prayer time, uh, where we actually are coming to him because we earnestly believe that the things that we are coming to God uh, to ask for and to exalt him for and to thank him for and to ask for forgiveness for that God will actually bring that into our life because we are coming to him with such passion. You know, the other thing that you can actually think about in John chapter 17 is that when Christ Jesus was praying, one of the things that I, I did notice that it wasn't a prayer that was primarily about himself. It was a prayer that was for others. It was a prayer that was for us, a prayer where he was actually trying to almost in a sense, give us a blessing from the father, a blessing that we would actually understand how to live life in God, but also how to live life away from the evil of this world. And you and I need to recognize that the world is not going to bless us like Christ Jesus is blessing us. But the world is actually going to try to destroy us and, and try to lead us into a life that is about our own. But I love the beauty of this passion that Christ Jesus is praying with because he is saying to you and saying to me, a life lived for others is the best life that you can possibly live. You know, a life lived where you actually are praying and seeking the benefit of others is the prayer that is the one that God desires for us. And so I think today, you know, about the times that I have every single day to think about you, 
uh, to think about my neighbors, to think about my wife, to think about my family and how God can actually give me this kind of heart, understanding that the more that I intercede and pray for them, the more their life is a benefit. You know, Christ Jesus is giving us a model, helping us to be able to say that live your life in a sacrifice to others, giving them the things that you actually see from the father that they are supposed to receive. God wants us uh, to have a prayer life that is this fervent, that is this vibrant for others, not just a prayer life that is about our own. And so I want to read a couple more of these scriptures, you know, as we get to a closing, you know, uh, a manner for these scriptures. Verse 13 is the one that uh, speaks the most to me. And verse 13 is a prayer where Jesus Christ is saying to us, but now I'm coming to you, Father, and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. You know, God is saying that the, the, the joy that Christ Jesus has as the creator of the world is the prayer that he actually has for us. And I know some of us, if we think about eternal life, if we think about, you know, what it actually should be, you know, maybe we think that eternal life should be a life full of joy in God, you know, a life full of joy where, it is expressed in all the things that we actually do and all the things that we feel and all the things that we experience a life of daily joy in this world. We don't have daily joy. We have, we have uh, difficulties. We have trials. We have obstacles that we actually need to come. But Christ Jesus says in verse 13, that the thing I most desire is that their joy is actually fulfilled in themselves, you know, a daily life of joy. And that's my prayer for you. And that's my prayer for all of us. I've been trying to think about ways this week of how can I actually live a life uh, that is an extension of Christ Jesus, where more joy is actually brought to other people, you know, where the world does not receive the evil over and over again, but we've got doses of goodness that are coming into the lives of others because we receive the joy that actually comes from Christ Jesus. And I pray that our whole heart, you know, is transformed today as we hear these words, because the things that Christ Jesus is saying to us are not things that we can actually do on our own. They're not things that we can actually conjure up to actually make somebody's life better, but it only happens when we recognize that joy itself comes from Christ Jesus. That joy itself is actually available to us when we lay down our lives and seek him for the joy that is in him. And so today, you know, I'm asking you to actually think about Christ Jesus in a fresh way, in a daily way that we need to think about him consistently over and over again, is that he is the one who has all truth, all power, all joy for us. Everything that is available for us to exceed and go greater in our life is found in Christ Jesus. And so today, when I think about these prayers that he is having for us, for our joy to be fulfilled, you know, I'm recognizing that in myself, I can't do it. In yourself, you can't do it. But in Christ Jesus, there is a joy that we can actually receive in him. And that joy comes when we actually separate ourselves from the world. We, we, we're not taken away from the world, but we're separated by this world called sanctify them in the truth. That's verse 17. It means that the God says that I will make you holy. You know, I will separate you from the evil of this world. And the way that God says that he will do that is by the truth of God.
You know, it's the words of these scriptures where we can actually learn to recognize them as the the sole source of knowledge, the sole source of the relational intimacy that God desires us to have in our life. Verse 17 again says, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. You sent me into the world so that I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in the truth. You know, God desires us to to not be holy rollers, but actually a people that is so filled with love, so filled with joy that the whole world begins to actually benefit from it. You know, as I think about that in my life and in your life, you know, I'm reminded today of a, of a woman who actually had a plant in her garden. And as she had, she, as she had this plant in her garden, it began to grow up almost crooked, you know, began to grow up in a 45 degree angle. And as she brought out some gardeners to actually look at this plant and look at this, uh, to look at the cause of the issue of why it was actually uh, growing up crooked, the gardener said really quickly, you know, I can actually look and see in your whole garden the issue right away. You know, if I look at the shrubs and I look at all the other plants that are around it, the tree that you're focused on today doesn't have enough room to actually grow up straight. It's being choked out by all the other shrubs, all the other issues that are actually going on with that tree. What you really need to do in order to allow that tree to grow up strong is to get rid of the shrubs, get rid of all the other plants around it. Then that tree will actually grow up strong. You know, what that means to us in our own life is that when you and I are trying to recognize how to to sanctify us in the truth, to receive the joy, to receive the blessings that God actually desires for us to live the life that he desires. You know, sometimes we've got to recognize that there are other things that are crouching into our life, other things that are actually are taking the nutrients, other things that are actually invading the progress that God actually wants us to have. And so today I'm asking us even to think about, you know, as you desire to be the individual who is fervent for God, who is passionate about the things that God desires, that you examine what's around your life. You examine the people around your life and allow yourself to be uh, abiding in God more and more where he is trimming the things away from your life. You know, that actually is what allows us to, reach the prize that God has for us in Christ Jesus, where we make him the sole focus and are allowing the other things in our life that are crouching into us to be less of a focus. And so I desire to communicate that to you, to think about, you know, who are the people that you need to let go? You know, what are the the situations in your life that are actually are doing too much, uh, that is filling too much of your time, filling too much of your space. Those are the things that God may be saying that if you let go of some of those things, you can actually spend more time with me so that you can actually grow up and actually be who I've actually called you to be. And that's what an Olympic athlete does. An Olympic athlete focuses on the things that are important so they accomplish their dreams. So they accomplish the things that they are focused on. When I think about what I am most focused on today, I've got to actually look at, again, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14, and read these words to you. Because I love how the Apostle Paul said it uh, to us so that I can use this as my own goals and my own desires in life. But the Apostle Paul said, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. You know, that's all that mattered to him. He was supremely educated. 
supremely talented in this world. He had a lot of accomplishments, but he said that the one thing that I do is I press forward to the call that is in Christ Jesus. What's the call that is in Christ Jesus in your life? You know, the call that's in Christ Jesus in my life is making sure that I share God's truth and love with all that will encounter my family and my life on a daily basis. You know, I think about how Christ Jesus has told us in Revelation chapter one, verse seven and eight, that soon he will be coming. And that is the only thing that really matters to all of us is that when Christ Jesus comes, will we find ourselves fully acceptable to him by our faith and also by the things that we have decided to make the passion of our life. Today, think about the Olympics and all through the next, through the rest of the summer, see all these athletes who will be making a goal of their life to accomplish something significant. My question to you is, what will be the goal of your life that will be significant in you, for you? You know, will you make it the prize of Christ Jesus where he desires you to live your life for all that he has desired you to do, to give him all of the glory, to live your life in full honor to all the things that he actually desires you to do. I pray that you actually do that in the name of Jesus Christ. God has been so good and it just reminds me of a song that my mom used to sing to me when I was younger. And it said, God has smiled on me. He's been good to me. God has, he has smiled on me cause he's been so good. Has he been good to you? He's been so good. So good to me. Lord, we give you glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, if God has been good to you and he's begun to speak to you through the passage of scriptures that we actually talked and discussed through by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'd like to invite you to a prayer that you can actually repeat after me. Uh, Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you today for the words that we have heard. Uh, Lord, we thank you for Christ Jesus himself, who has passionately given his life to us so that we may have eternal life. Uh, Lord, I thank you for uh, your gift to us from Christ Jesus. And I pray these prayers to you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for uh, him. And I thank you that you have allowed me uh, to be forgiven of all my sins. Lord, I confess myself as a sinner and I believe that Christ Jesus and the blood of his sacrifice and what he has done on the cross has enabled me to be forgiven of all sin. Lord Jesus, I believe that you raised from the dead and because you raised from the dead, I too can have eternal life. And Lord, I believe that that enables me to receive the eternal promises that you actually have for me in this world. If you prayed that prayer with me today, I would love to connect with you in a greater way. You can go out to our website at commonbondchurch.org and you can fill out either a comment card or even send us a prayer request and allow me to actually connect with you in a greater way. You know, that's been a blessing that we actually have at Common Bond Church is to use that as a way to still stay connected. Uh, 
while we're on this online platform. But also in addition to that, I wanted to remind us that this afternoon that we'll be gathering in some of the homes of those who actually worship together at Common Bond Church. So if you've been able to receive an email or if you've actually been to our website, you can actually find out the details where you can actually gather with us this afternoon for a 4th of July barbecue. I'm excited to get out there, see you all again, and for us actually to connect in community so that we can actually share with one another this precious fellowship that we have in God. Amen. Well, let me lead us in a word of benediction, and I pray that you have a good day after this. May uh, we all just bow our heads and be able to say, Lord, we thank you uh, for your mercies and the grace that you have for us. Lord, we know that there's only one true Savior. His name is Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray that we are bid at peace in you. Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us and continue to encourage us through the grace that you've provided. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, have a great day and hope to see some of you all this afternoon. Amen. This amazing experience is a place where you too can connect, discover, grow, and lead for God here at Common Bond Church.